takes. Now back to Bay. Bay for a three, and he hits it. Sadiq Bay hits his second three, and the Pistons lead by a point. Bay starts the dribble right, pull up 15-footer is good. Sadiq Bay gives the Pistons a two-point lead for the first time tonight. That's the guy we traded for. That Deuce man. Bell. He's coming in from Detroit. We gave up five second-round picks. Don't fret over that. Um, Second-round guys, again, um, hard to come by when you talk about difference makers in the league. And if I was to tell you right now, name the last three second-round picks the Hawks took in the draft over the last three years, you couldn't do it because none of those guys have panned out. We took Sharif Cooper, hometown kid. Oh, he's going to be great. Mm. Not even in the league right now. Yeah. We took Skylar Mays in 2020. He's Skylark, right? He was. He's not anymore. He's still in the G League. Mm. We took Bruno Fernando in the second round in 2019. He's back with the team and probably won't be on the team. Tyler Dorsey in 2017. Guys, we can go on and on. Second round picks, relax. I know some guys are like, man, that's a lot of picks. Those are the negotiable ones. When you start giving up first rounders like we did for DeJounte Murray, there's got to be know, a return on your investment. I still, it's still too early, Carl, to pull the plug on DD Luzada. <laughs> Bum. <laughs> I'm looking at the year by year on the Hawks right here. He came from Spain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, for every Kendrick, uh, I should say Draymond Green, or obviously Joker, uh, Joker th- there's, that's the exception. Those are the Bradys, the six-round pick. Right. Those are the Brock Purdys. Uh, it has really become, and again, back in the old days, you know, there were like five and six rounds of the NBA draft. Not anymore, for good reason. All right, 404-741-0929. If you're just joining us, trade deadline came and went. Here's what the message is. Okay, this is this is my message. This is not the Hawks. This is what I believe they're saying. We're good enough. We haven't played our best basketball yet, but we're going to. And we're going to stay the course because by keeping bogey, Mike, you're getting all these calls around the league. Bogey teams were interested. You, you keep J.C. Teams were interested. And again, it was about the right fit and what you were going to get in return for him. But you stayed the course. So now what? You add some depth. You add some shooting. You add some defense, right, mm-hmm. some defensive presence, a little bit more to, to add to what we already have. And you say, well, we really don't have a whole lot. Well, this guy will help on the, the wings and as far as versatility. You've improved your team today, but how much? That's the real question. And if you're going to say, well, I still don't believe, Dukes, we're going to win a championship. Mike, I don't either right now. I don't know if this is a championship no. team because they haven't played like it. Well, I mean, we, ex- we expected with DeJounte Murray's addition, if everybody played to their – the potential. And, then, yeah, we're reading into what uh, DeAndre Hunter did in game five against Miami. You know, that was a lot of it. And and they certainly bet on the come on that. You know, you wish now in hindsight that you had red velvet, but that would have put you into the luxury tax. If you had red velvet and bogey, you had this guy sitting. I mean, you got that's – a, that's a lot of guys coming off the bench. That's a lot of scoring. I know sometimes Hunter's defense can be hit or miss. Yep. I mean, Herter's and two, but Herter's been unbelievable. The reason the Kings are actually going to make a playoff run is because Red Velvet is still popping at 40%, as we talked about off the air. You brought that up. I just think two things. No, you were never getting Durant. Guys, Durant, yeah, it's a pipe dream, guys. It was not happening with Kyrie. We didn't have the, we didn't have what they'd want. And then again, you got the big risk with Kyrie. You got to get him to stick around. Otherwise, you're doing Danny Manning all over again. <laughs> Hawks fans remember that one. So I like where we're at, but it's incumbent on. I say it every week on the show. Do your job. John Collins, do your job. John Collins, for all the crap that we went down, you're still a hawk. 
And I think it just rolls like water off the duck's butt on this point with John Collins. I think he said the right thing earlier today. Talking I do, to too. too. I do, too. Chris, can we play that real quick as we reset everything that's going on? It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The mm. Game. Um, Matt Lombardo's on the way. And, again, as we talk about all these things, we're trying to get you caught up. But this was with Channel 2 today. This was John earlier. Again, they're getting ready for the Suns tonight. And he was asked about all the trade stuff. Try to be me. Try to be goofy. Keep a smile on my face and laugh. Um, Talk to my loved ones. Uh, and really, that's that's really it. You know, try to just find some type of joy throughout the day. As I said, take take all the extra extra stuff out during the game. Um, other than that, it's just really hard trying to just meditate. Yeah. <laughs> keep it keep it all keep it all even. Like he's he's a good dude. We always enjoy when we get a chance to talk to John, and he's got to be able to just compartmentalize that. So here's the good news: Bogey apparently is still here. If we're reading everything right. Um, there were some rumors the Lakers were involved or interested in bogey some other teams. but So maybe, Carl, he opts out. Maybe the player option, either way. You may get nothing for him. You may have to eat it and pay. There's a lot of things that can happen. But I will say this, Landry Fields, he's going to say, that's why we played that soundbite, the team is on the floor. He believes in this team. Now can these guys go? And if you're the player and Landry Fields, let's be honest, we made fun of everything he said the other day. He's putting his neck on the line for these guys. Do these guys respond? He's saying, I believe in you guys. Now go do it. Does that resonate with Trey and company? I don't know. I want to say it does. But why hasn't it already? I don't know. Like, you, you needed to go get Sadiq Bay for it to resonate with you? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm sitting here at 408, and I'm wondering what team's going to show up tonight against the Suns and what team's going to show up Saturday against the Spurs and what team's going to show up Monday against the Hornets. I'm wondering what team's going to show up against the Knicks next Wednesday. We'll be there, by the way. Um... I don't know. I mean, this is why, Mike, I've been in flux all year with this team because I don't – I want to believe. I want to say, yeah, they've got it. Man, there are pieces. There are times we go on runs and I go, that that looks good. I don't know. That's where I'm at today. Right. I mean, we we uh, started the show and I was on Twitter today and as Squid Billy always said, damn cesspool. But I was talking to some guys and they were like, oh, man, you guys are so hard on Hunter. Hunter's not working for free, guys. They gave Hunter a four-year $90 million deal. It's $22.5 million a year. So I would say that's a level of expectation that comes along with that. We need more of that Miami game five. I don't expect 30 every night, but give me 20. Can you do that? Can Trey play every game down the stretch? Can you can you not bail out in the 26 games we've got left? That's big, too. Tonight's a game you've got to win. Is that what we got? Let me look at the math. Is it 26? Let me do the numbers. Because here's my other question. 27 and 28, that is 55. So 27. Is that enough? Man, that's nothing. Well, I mean, if, if you should like, be able seriously, to like, we're going to look yes. up, it's going to be May, and we're right. going to be like, oh, season's over. Where are we at in the playoffs? Is that enough? Miami didn't really do anything. I was wondering if Miami was – they didn't really have the money. They were uh, – they're kind of like in a cap hell themselves. They overspent on Hero. Yeah. So they're kind of like in a situation that they're, – they're ripe for the picking right now. You know, are the Nets – you know, look, the Nets got bridges, but are they going to be able to do anything with it? They, that could be a team that goes sideways. I mean, who are you looking for leadership, Ben Simmons? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a mess with Brooklyn. Brooklyn! Right. Durant to the Suns was the big deal last night. Um, they get Durant. Brooklyn gives up, you know, Bridges, Johnson, Crowder, uh, four first-rounders, which is insane. But that's what the going rate was for Durant, which is why no deal was made in the summer. And then the Lakers get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. They trade Patrick Beverly today. Um, you know, there have been some moves you just kind of go, okay, who really got better? Who's a championship-caliber team? The thing about the Lakers, they wanted shooting. They got it. 
They went and got shooting. You know, they needed better three-point mm-hmm. shooting. Beasley's a 36% three-point shooter. Vanderbilt plays defense. You add that to Russell, who's shooting 46% from the field and almost, you know, 40% from three-point land, Mike. LeBron's got guys now he can he can pass the ball to. I don't want to dismiss the Warriors, but we had Eddie Eddie on uh, Eddie Johnson on right. earlier, and he was talking about all these other teams, you know, Memphis and Sacramento and the Suns. And I'm like, wait, you forgot about the Warriors. I just think the West has become better after the trade deadline than the East right now. But you mentioned it. They got the cap space back in gear. They were way over the luxury tax, so that was a big move for them. You mentioned, uh, who did they bring back? They brought uh, the uh, the Warriors, brought back uh, Peyton Jr. Gary Peyton Jr. And they liked yeah. his game, so they got him back in the mix. Hey, real quick, I know we mentioned the dogs, and just have one thing of note with the dog report, because today is the NBA trade deadline. Twelve Georgia Bulldogs, Carl, invited to Indy for the Combine. Yes, Stetson Bennett will be there. Kenny McIntosh did a nice job in the Senior Bowl. Kyrus Jackson, Darnell Washington, you know, the more I think about it, Darnell Washington in a Falcons uniform would be pretty darn cool, too, for everything we like to do. Uh, Broderick Jones, Warren McClendon, Jalen Carter, who could be the number one, mm. Robert Beal, Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo. He might be there when we're picking. Yeah. It depends on now. Again, if he, if he could jump into the top eight, that'd be interesting because we need a corner. Chris Smith and the kicker, the Pudwhacker, Jack Pudlesney. And there's your 12 dogs going to the combine. This segment brought to you by ESOG, Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Guys, coming up, we're going to talk with Matt Lombardo from the Super Bowl. We're counting down the Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl 57, 2 o'clock pregame here on Sports Radio 92.9. The game kicks at 6.15. We'll find out what Matt's thinking about this game coming up next. This is Jim Roman, the CBS Sports Minute sponsor. I don't like that one bit. We were just talking off the air. It is Dukes and Bell. We just heard the update. Ronald Acuna is going to play in the World Baseball Classic. No, I, no, no. And I screamed out, why? And Mike's like, what's wrong? I don't want Ronald Acuna doing anything extra except playing for our Braves. I'm being very selfish, but don't we kind of have the right to do that? Don't we have a kind of right to, to feel that way with Ronald Acuna coming off this injury, Mike? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You want this guy to be there for 162 or as many as he can. And I know that down in Venezuela, dude was putting on a show, the home run, where he took about 30 minutes to run around the bases. But i got to be honest, man, I don't need any more wear and tear. And I'm pretty sure the Braves were not happy of his participation down in their winter ball down in Venezuela. So, And again, let's be honest. Unless you're a nerd, who gives a flip about the World Baseball Classic? All right, more on that coming up. More on the trade deadline. The Suns, Hawks, Suns get Sadiq Bay from the Detroit Pistons. Right now, let's talk some football. Super Bowl 57 Sunday. And uh, our man, Matt Lombardo, joining us, heavy on sports, senior NFL writer. Uh, it's good to be uh, to have you back on the show, Matt, and talk some football, man, because I-, I think everybody is anticipating a good game, a close game. But what's the difference in the game? And we're all trying to figure it out, right? Mike and I keep going back and forth about all these different things with the Eagles, and you sell yourself on the Eagles, and then you start selling yourself on the Chiefs, and you go back and forth. Where are you at right now, today, Thursday, on this game? Yeah, gentlemen, thanks for having me. Yeah, I think that the field of this is a close game and two really evenly matched teams that put strength on strength of both rosters against each other is a pretty accurate one. That's kind of where I'm at going into this thing. And the fact that the line hasn't even moved an inch, really, since it came out and it opened as the Eagles, as I believe, a one-point favorite. Now it's uh, Philly minus 1.5. I feel like that's the, the, the right feel going into this thing. Look, I think this game is going to be decided and won and lost by which front seven can rattle the opposing quarterback, right? Because you look at the Eagles, 70 sacks on the year, 40 of them coming from the front four. Kansas City has a, a dynamic duo in Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Jones has 77 pressures 
on top of double-digit sacks. So I really think, guys, that this game is won and lost by which offensive line holds up. And this Eagles offensive line might be the best that's been assembled in a decade. So I think that I give a slight edge to the Eagles in that category and therefore in the game. Matt, we're big fans of Jalen Hurst. We always thought that this guy was deserved to be drafted where he went. And, we, you know, we thought he did such a great job handling this situation at Alabama. We're moving on to Oklahoma. But do you buy into this the, the, sort of the narrative that make him beat you if you're Kansas City? And is he going to be able to do that? I don't think that's smart. <laughs> because, you know, I watch Jalen Hurts. And I go back to a conversation that I had with Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, back in September or October, where he said that he had Jalen Hurts in Mobile, and he was okay, he was above average, got on a plane, watched him throw at the Combine, he was much better then, flew to Philly to visit him at Eagles training camp, he was significantly better then, the point is Jalen Hurts gets better and better and better, and I think that when you watch Hurts play his way into the MVP conversation, the Eagles are so balanced, they have that great offensive line, Miles Sanders is a thousand yard back, you know, double digit touchdowns first time in his career. They have a stable of backs in Philly. But I think that if you're going to say, let Jalen Hurts beat you, he has A.J. Brown. He has Devonta Smith. He has Dallas Goddard. He has Miles Sanders who catches the ball out of the backfield. I just don't buy this, like, diminishing what Jalen Hurts has done because in any other year where Patrick Mahomes doesn't have his best statistical season, when they take away his most prolific weapon in Tyreek Hill, guys, Jalen Hurts is the runaway MVP. So I think this notion of, hey, let just, just let Jalen Hurts beat you, I think that's kind of foolhardy on their part. We're talking with Matt Lombardo, guys, at Heavy on Sports, senior NFL reporter covering the Super Bowl. All right, so um, as we talk about Patrick Mahomes, and I said this to Mike earlier, the difference makers for the Chiefs on the edges, right? We're talking about wide receivers. They really don't have that guy. So how do, you, how do you supplement that? How do you make up for that if you're the Chiefs and Andy Reid approaching this Eagles defense? Uh, run that by me again. You broke up for just a second. Though. I was just saying the guys that take the top off the defense, the, the, uh, the Chiefs don't have those guys. They, they really don't have burners that you feel like scare you over the top. And I said, yeah. if you're Andy Reid, how do you account for that and find ways to move the football on the outside? Yeah, I, I don't think you really need to because, I mean, they have a really solid running game in, in Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco has been a bit of a revelation for them as a seventh-round rookie. But more than that, you know, the Eagles, for what they do up front in the secondary, they play a lot of zone coverage. And if that's Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator's game plan going in, you're going to have opportunities for Travis Kelsey over the middle. You're going to have opportunities to send Marquez Valdez-Scantling on, on a post pattern. You're going to have opportunities to – you know, take advantage of that space and move the ball down the field in a death by 10,000 paper cuts type of situation. And oh, by the way, you have Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, I, I don't really buy this notion that the Chiefs need speed on the perimeter because they've, they've got home field advantage in the AFC playoffs and made it this far without Tyreek Hill in a lot of ways because Patrick Mahomes carried them here and because they have um, some really dynamic weapons to exploit the middle of the field where the Eagles might not be um, at their strongest. Matt Lombardo's with us here, guys, breaking it down live at the Super Bowl. And I guess everyone's saying that he's fine, and Patrick Mahomes talked about it, but, I mean, do we really think he's going to be good to go? I mean, listen, he was – I don't think he was anywhere close to 100% against the Bengals, mm-hmm. right? But in the fourth quarter, when, when the chips were down – 
He manipulated the pocket with his mobility and fired an absolute rocket into a tight window to Marcus Valdez-Scantling on one of the more impressive touchdowns that I've seen in a while, especially all things considered with the injury. And then he scrambles for the play that he got hit out of bounds by Joseph Asai to set up the field goal. I don't know that Mahomes necessarily needs to be 100%, because if you tell me going into this game that I have 93% of Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to feel pretty good about that. I'm going to feel pretty confident about what he's going to be able to do uh, again, because you saw it in that title game. Even when he's not fully healthy, he's still one of the top quarterbacks in the league. What's the hoopla been this week? I mean, it's kind of been low-key, right? I mean, both teams respect each other, classy coaches. Nobody said anything stupid, right? I mean, have we missed something out there in Phoenix? No, I don't think you've missed anything at all. And I've talked to a couple of colleagues about this. It just feels like these are two very workmanlike teams. The Chiefs and Andy Reid obviously have a wealth of experience in this situation. And the Eagles have really adopted the personality of Jalen Hurts, which is – you know, go about your business, do your job, get better every day. And th- th- that's kind of the talk and the conversation that you hear, even coming from head coach Nick Sirianni, coming from leaders like Brandon Graham and Devonta Smith. It, it just really seems like both of these teams are, are in this position, A, because they're the two best teams in the league, but B, um, because I think that they, they have that attitude where they're not going to create distractions ahead of a situation in a game like this. Now let's get where the rubber hits the road. Matt Lombardo live from the Super Bowl. Let's talk about your dinner last night. Saw the picture on your Twitter. What is, is that? Is that a? Is that a? Uh, is that? What is it? Truffle oil, mac and cheese. What, what, what's going on there? Where were you? What's it all about? Yeah, I, I am a mac and cheese aficionado. I once, with a colleague in Atlanta during Super Bowl week, was so hooked on the mac and cheese from the soul food restaurant we dined at mm-hmm. that I ordered mac and cheese as a dessert. That's a true story. That's how much I <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So last night was. Yeah, right. So, and by the way, I weigh 170 pounds. So it's not. So yeah, figure that Son out. Of a guy. Lucky so, you. so last night was a was a steakhouse burger uh, with a little truffle oil mac and cheese, and then uh, I smoked a nice a fine cigar in uh, a walk through downtown Scottsdale last night. Outstanding. Now we're talking. Outstanding. What was your stick? Uh, last night it was a one of the Ashton, uh, one of the darker Ashton. Very good. Uh, nice. One of the, one of the, yeah. Nice. I, I like the strong stuff, my friends. Oh, I'm so jealous. Doctor's orders. I literally can't smoke cigars anymore. That's why I sound like this. You son of a gun. Just next time, frame the shot with a cocktail in the picture. Put the whole thing together. Come on, Lombardo. Well, maybe he didn't have a cocktail. <laughs> I don't need to see the salad. Maybe he didn't have a cocktail. Maybe he's a, he not a cocktail guy. But, but the burger looks good. That's a nice nice presentation. McCallan McCall- McCall- 12 year, my friend. Oh, oh, there we go. Now we're talking. Big shot. Yeah, and I love, I love the sticks, mm-hmm. so I had to ask what you were smoking on. All right, tell us who wins this game. Tell us who wins and why. Yeah, guys, I think that Philly is just the deeper team. I think top to bottom, their roster is better overall. I think it's a close game. I think it comes down to a Jake Elliott field goal, maybe like a 38 or a 40-yarder. And I think the Eagles win this one 27 to 26. Yeah! I'm over. Take it, take whoa, it. whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you say one point? I need, I need, a, I need a one and a half. That's good for me. I need one and a half. I got it. I got the Eagles. I'm and that's, taking by the Eagles. Way, that is over the 51. That would take you the over. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, it's only for betting purposes. I could never like the Eagles only because of what our experience and history is here with the Falcons. But for the Super Bowl and betting purposes, right on. Appreciate you. Hey, uh, Matt. Enjoy your time out there, man. Thanks for jumping on with us. You got it, fellas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you man. Got it. Now, some are saying the line may get to two. 
It might be Philly minus two by the time this thing kicks off as more and more people heard our conversations like today and Brandon mm. Lang and everybody's getting their guy and everybody's talking here in the Sports Talk Radio and the National Pundits, which is saying heavy things about the Eagles defense. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't know. Today we did uh, in the huddle, we did our Super Bowl version and we had a guy on uh, Nick Costos. You might hear him. BetQL, he does a lot of stuff. And he was saying that it wouldn't surprise the the the, the betters, the sharks, that if this thing was a pick'em, because it's not gonna move because it already is kind of a pick'em. At one and a half, you're basically going with your emotion and saying, "Hey, this is the team I really like." I thought it was interesting, Mike. But if it goes to two, a lot of people are gonna be looking at this thing differently because. Right. You know, now you're talking about a three-point game and a field goal. That's a big difference between what we just talked about with Matt. Right. All right, what do we got coming up in Guy Talk? Hey, man, got a couple of things. Uh, who's got the biggest rabbit ears? I'm not talking about the antenna for your TV. I'm talking about guys who hear everything. Well, it's got to be Kevin Durant. He was clapping back at our man Kendrick Perkins. Uh-oh. Because Kendrick made some comments about the trade. We'll get into that. And uh, nobody seems to like Patrick Mahomes' little brother. The uh, very sexy heiress of the Kansas City Chiefs takes up for him. We'll explain next. Yeah, man. Hope you guys are having a good day. On a Thursday, tomorrow, we'll put a smile on your face, and the place is going to be Hooters, guys, at the Mall of Georgia, the uh, Taj Mahooters, as we dubbed it last uh, summer at Falcons Camp. Great spot. Hopefully, I believe we're going to have our Heyman Ale on draft. Remember last time I went back in the chiller room, I had to... You did? Do- I forgot about that because the manager was like, I don't think we have it. You, Mike, yeah. Mike was like, no, Give me you've got it. <laughs> so went in there, we connected the, uh, the keg and flushed the lines and all that stuff. Either way. Uh, we'll have some fun and see us up there, guys, two to seven. Hey, real quick, uh, Squidbilly uh, brought this up in Yeah, Man, No Man, and I just watched the trailer of the new Nike movie with uh, Matt Damon playing Sonny Vaccaro, one of the initial sneaker pimps, and uh, Ben Affleck playing uh, Phil Knight. I got to be honest, how do you have this movie without having a young actor playing Michael Jordan? Mm. Michael Jordan getting recruited for the Did sneaker. they have to get permission? I, I don't, mean, what, 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 you could. I, Bo, I just looked at the trailer, star-studded cast, Jason Bateman, Viola Davis, all these great people. And it's like, look at winning time. Winning time for me, I've watched that thing probably three times now. It's so well done. Yeah. There's campiness to it. There's, there's nostalgia to it. But the best thing they did, I'm talking about HBO's documentary on the Showtime Lakers, everyone looks exactly like the person. And they got a guy, they found this young actor who looks like magic. They found a great actor who has the, the gravitas of Kareem. Obviously, you got uh, John C. Riley playing Dr. Jerry Buss. I you think could, Cooper, Michael Cooper's son, right? plays. right. Uh, real life son plays Coop in the show. So to your point, yeah, everybody does look like. I'm everybody. just like, so how you couldn't find some young actor who could be Michael Jordan and then see his recruiting mm. processes? So I mean, it looks good, but that's a lot. You know, I don't know, man. It's almost like a, you know, like a Hitchcock movie. We called it. You'd always have the uh, the thing called the MacGuffin. Everything was about <laughs> like the uh, Maltese Falcon. Right. But you got to have it. How do you not have Jordan in the thing? Uh, and that's what that's what the article I read was about. And it basically was kind of going along the lines that they, they were. Ch- it was like a they treated Jordan like a mythical character. Right. So they're chasing this this you know, mythical rookie or whatever, and, and mm. nobody thought he was going to do it, and it just made – that's kind of the way it was so they written. Did, so the movie, in essence, and I'm guessing here because the way yeah. you're describing this, is about the process of how Nike goes about getting yes. to this point much more than it is about Michael Jordan and what he becomes. Yes, because okay. cause I think Viola Davis is who plays his mom. Okay. And so, they, like, because Vaccaro just shows up. At um at their house, and that's what in the trailer she's like, oh, you just show up uninvited, right? 
or un, you know unannounced or but something I, like that. But I would still so. think Michael Jordan weighing the options, you know, the way they should. Because again, you saw Magic Johnson with all the sneaker companies coming at him in 1980. I don't know. It just I don't know. We'll see. Only time will tell. We'll go. We'll, we'll all go see it, or wait till it gets on HBO. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> you all know that. Uh, Kevin Durant hears everything. Yeah. Sees everything. Yeah, sensitive. He is Mr. He is the definition of the modern athlete. He's even owned, Mike. They asked him out, flat out, like, do you have additional accounts on social media? He's like, yes. Yeah. So he's got fake. <laughs> he literally has fake burner accounts yes. to go there and say, and in some cases, man, what an effort. What a gritty effort by Kevin Durant last night. <laughs> Says number one. Says number one Durant fan. You gotta love yourself. Uh, Durant's rabbit ears strike again. Uh, Eton Thomas, former NBA player, posted, "I'm no GM, but if you have KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, and you end up trading all three, but don't get back any stars in return, you have failed as an organization." Hashtag Nets fans should be livid at the owner and the GM, Mm -hmm. Sean Marks. Kendrick Perkins sees that, and then he goes back in the comments section. He says, "Respectfully disagreed," saying Durant and Urban were running the show behind the scenes. Yes, they were. And I think we all agree with that. Well, Durant caught wind of his comments, and then he went back at him. Have some honor, homie. About Kendrick. Look at the numbers, Perkins. They've got a history. They, yes, they, they do. They were in Oklahoma City together. Um, they, they've been in lots of battles. Mm-hmm. But Kendrick has become this outspoken personality, Mike, on TV, that has to sometimes kill his boys. This is one of those situations. It's the same reason why Charles and Mike are not, not partners anymore. Charles has had critical things to say about Mike. Mike took it personal, and now they don't hang out like they used to. Right. This is just part of it. Is is Kendrick Perkins wrong? No, because Kendrick comes back with, hell no. He goes, matter of fact, I'm talking to Sean Marks, the Nets GM, and I got Rich Kleeman, the manager, on the line right now to get me out. He's talking about what was, on, again, how Durant tried to put this thing and maneuver it to get him out of Brooklyn. Uh, it's been a wild 12 months, and again, you, and, and by the way, he, he backed it up with receipts, and there was a lot of stuff that Perkins put up there that was on ESPN, anecdotally okay. saying Durant forced this move. Yeah, so we said uh, a few days ago, because guys were hitting us up saying, you know, Durant, is gone. he's going to be gone. It's no surprise, okay? This is something that should have happened in the offseason when he said he wanted out, and it became such a big deal, and the Nets were like, we're not trading you. But do you guys remember, and I'll just bring this up, Mike, in regards to this whole Durant and Kyrie thing. Do you guys remember they had a press conference? <laughs> When they first got together, and they were talking about the coaching, and they literally said in this press conference, it was like a Zoom call or whatever at the right. time because this is during the pandemic, and they said, we really don't need a coach. They, they, both of these guys sat <laughs> right. there. Chris, do you remember this? And they were like, yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we look at this. We probably feel like we'll be able to handle a lot of things. And basically they were saying it didn't matter if it was Steve Nash. It didn't matter if it was Jacques Vaughn. It, they didn't care who the coach was because they didn't need one. Right. So, yes, they were running the show, right. Mike, because nobody else <laughs> is able to make these moves except stars in the league. Right. Like LeBron, that year they brought in Dave Blatt to coach the Cavs. He drew up a play. I squashed it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, but again, that's, you got that, you know, you are the dude. Look, in the NBA, for better or for worse, the players, the superstars dictate the tempo, they dictate the trades, and they dictate, you know, everything. That's the way it goes. Um, and whether there's going to be some pushback in the next CBA, <clears throat> we're going to find out. What do you think of Patrick Mahomes' little brother, Jackson? Do you have a, a take one way or the other? No, I mean, listen, I think it's hard to be Patrick Mahomes' little brother, right? You've always got the cameras on you, you, mm. you you've become a, a celebrity in your own right. Right. What did he do this time? Well, uh, Gracie Hunt, who's a very sexy owner, a daughter of the Chiefs. Okay. Very, very, you always see her in various 
sexy outfits in the uh, in the booth or in the uh, their box at uh, Arrowhead. She goes on and says he's really just misunderstood. There's a misconception about the growing criticism. It all kind of got started or really got critical mass last year about this time. Pat McAfee called Jackson and Mahomes' wife, Brittany Matthews, the tag team of insufferability <laughs> for their constant TikToking and Instagramming on the sidelines. He goes, and she says, I think Mahomes has a wonderful family uh, from Brittany to Jackson, talking about his wife to his brother. They're wonderful people. I do think we live in a culture that's often quick to criticize and slow to forgive. I think most people, now me, I don't know the kid from Adam. He just looks kind of goofy. And he's always kind of mugging for the camera. Yeah. That. And as we know, look, your brother, you're on his coattails. You are the Fredo of the Mahomes family, in essence. And so some things, for in case you're not remembering, some folks remember they poured water on some Ravens fans that were taunting them at a Ravens game. Uh, there was one time, I think the big one that set me off, you and I talked about it on the show. They're standing on the Sean Taylor Memorial logo at FedEx Field. You know, for those who remember, Sean was an amazing Miami yeah, hurricane. Yeah. Corner got murdered in his home, and they honored him up there in Washington. And he's been called out and scamming some companies. Some bars in Kansas City have said he's run out on tabs and things like that, and he's been a jerk. So that's where the background is on some of this. Okay. You know, uh, you're Patrick Mahomes' brother. You're living the life. You are living you're the like life. You're like Frank Stallone. This is it's exactly right. It's a good it's a good pull. Here's the deal, though. There was a time, and this is what's changed, that your family showed up and people didn't know who, you, who your family was. And now, Mike, with social media, everybody's – Hey, look at us. Right. We're here. We're hanging out. And, and and it's about support, but it is also about what? Me. Right. So Jackson is benefiting from his brother's fame in a way that a lot of people despise. Right. Like, bro, play your role. You're the little bro. You don't have to want for anything. Big bro's made you. He's going to make all this money. Mm-hmm. He's going to take care of you. Just play your position. Just sit, enjoy the game. If somebody says something bad about you, bro, right. defend him. But you are making this about you, and right. that's why people are despising it. Yeah, he kind of has that mug like Will Smith's kid always has. Jaden has that mug. You know, he's got that, that, that face. That face. Um, Squid Billy just said in my ear, yeah, I said it. Gracie Hunt is the one defending him, and I'll agree with her because she's gorgeous. That's um, Clark Hunt, the owner, Lamar's son, that Lamar was her grandfather. She's the heiress to the uh, Chiefs. Uh, wow. Team. She's very sexy. She's okay. on Instagram. She was just on Maxim magazine, yeah. the cover girl. How, how old is she, by the way? 24. Oh, she's old enough. 24? No, 24. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I, I've not seen her, so I didn't know. She was just on the cover of Maxim? Yes. Okay. Look it up. All right. As a matter of fact, be Googling it right now. <laughs> Well, I queue up this next heartwarming story. Bo, Something. you're a married man. Calm down. Please, Bo. Uh, I'm looking you, out for you, Turtle. I was wondering if you've seen her. No, Gracie, she's a knockout. She's Good sexy, cover, Bo. Sexy blood. Now, again, in this town, we're Atlanta. Some guys like girls a little more hippie. I mean, big in the hips, built for comfort. Why, is she this? Is no, she's skinny with a great oh, butt. Oh, oh, they call that thick now, Mike, not yeah. hippie. I don't think yeah. they like the word hippie. <laughs> So you're saying she's a little she's thin. She's my size. She's a little thin. No, thin. yeah, she's thin. She's thin. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like if she ate like an Ikea Swedish meatball, it would be like a python eating a rat. You'd see the lump go all the way down. Um, really, I got time for one more, Chris. I got time for one more. Uh, Falcon Report coming up. More on the Super Bowl. Feel too um, small for you. Road <laughs> Just the right size. Road rage driver pulls gun on another car in Paulding, but ends up shooting himself. Oh, idiot. Now, you and I have talked about this before. You and I, and you and I are both hotheads, and you and I have both tracked people down, and you and I both said we should never, ever do that again. Um, Deputy said a road rage driver 
pulled a gun on another driver but accidentally shot himself. Happened on Buchanan Highway in Paulding County Thursday morning. Road was shut down for several hours while the deputies got to mm. investigating. The deputies determined that a driver who got mad at another driver pulled out a gun, but it accidentally went off. The driver, who's not been identified, was taken to the hospital. Deputies have not released his condition or the nature of his injuries. Needless to say, he shot himself while he was driving the car. <laughs> I gotta say, you old, you, you, you're a dummy. You, you know what? You deserve that. Right. And by the way, does it really ever have to go there? Does no, it? I mean, the other driver luckily was not hurt. Deputies said the driver who shot himself may face charges. The other driver said, "No idea why this guy was so angry." Uh, I've seen it before. It's not worth it, man. I, mean, I, I sometimes I think when people see my Florida State license plate, it's like almost like it's a the, somebody like a bull seeing a red flag. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get passed by no Seminole. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, granted, I, I do, you know, you know yeah, try yeah, to yeah. get home, but yeah, I don't know. Now, that's, this is close to my you, heart. You cut people off is what I you're don't, saying. I don't. It's a NASCAR pass. You <laughs> got to maintain aerodynamic integrity. That's what you call it. <laughs> Go ahead, I use, Mike. A, I use a little side draft. A little side draft. <laughs> Look, this is close to my heart. That's my old stomping grounds. I've been on Buckhand Highway my whole life. Is, is, that where he, is that where he shot himself? It's where he shot himself. Now, again, I don't, I don't know. If he had a holster, if he reached for it and he pulled it out of his, the center console, well, pow! He, well, here's the deal. Like, if you're going there, it's called gun safety. Yes. <laughs> okay? Woo! Um, anyways, yeah, I, I don't know. Guys, it should, I like ne- to get my should never come to that. I like to keep that de- Desert Eagle right there on the dash. It should pow. never come to that. What an idiot. All right, man, we got more to get to. Let's give you a chance to win a ticket. Tickets, that is, too. To the American Family Insurance Cup. Atlanta United, they're playing February 15th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. 404-741-0929. Caller 8. Ocho. 8 is going to this match. You've got a pair of tickets just for listening to Dukes and Bell. We'll come back. Falcon Report's on the way. He spoke today to the Midday Show. We're going to let you hear a little bit of what he had to say. And the more I hear, the more I like (laughs) 